Throughout history, this coastal cliffside city protected England from invasions across the channel. Come with us to Dover. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with Wonderlust. Thank you for listening to the Travel FOMO podcast. My name is Jamin Houghton, and I am here with my pub buddy, Hillary. <laughs> and we're back in pub land. Finally. <laughs> You're really happy to be back in England. <laughs> oh, I remember. Oh, gosh. We are wrapping up season seven of the Travel FOMO podcast, our Mediterranean Europe season. And I realize that Dover is not in the Mediterranean. <laughs> But uh, this is the last episode because we are headed back to the United States. We have so much cool stuff in front of us. We are picking up our Airstream and going all over the U.S. and Canada. So you want to make sure that you are subscribed and have notifications on from all the places that you listen and watch to go along with us. But today we are headed back from Mykonos, uh, which is in the Mediterranean, to uh, England and we're spending just a couple of days in England before we fly back to the U.S. and we elected to spend those in Dover. That's right and what would you say is like the personality of Dover because I bet a lot of people listening have never been to Dover, England. <laughs> That's probably true. We probably don't have a, a strong presence in Dover. Um, it's very relaxed. Um, it's a small town, um, kind of low-key, low-stress, a very English um, village uh, that's on the on the ocean. Like the the cliffs there are amazing, and um, it's just a very relaxed, sort of sleepy little little English town. That's right on the coast. That's right, and uh, we had a great little Airbnb with a great little Airbnb host. Yeah, he was uh, he was awesome. We had traveled in from Mykonos. Our flight had been delayed a little bit but we finally got back to England where all the trains run on time and everything works. And we hopped a train down to Dover and pulled into the Dover station. And he actually messaged us and offered to pick us up. Yeah. Super nice too, because it was getting late. Mm -hmm. Um, and Simon, our Airbnb host was like, you know what? It's raining. Like, just let me know what time and I'll come pick you up. And I felt bad because I felt like, we were unclear on the time because things kept getting pushed around and right. stuff. And so I felt bad about that, but he acted like it was no big deal. And he was very matter of fact and just put us in the car and we just went right back to his house and, uh, and actually stayed, um, under his residence. So we were in the apartment yes. below where he and his wife lived with their dogs. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was really, it was, it was sweet cause it felt very residential. We were really in a great location right beside the castle, a quick walk to the white cliffs of Dover. Um, it was a completely private Airbnb. So even though we were under his residence, we were in a completely separate, um, Residence, yeah, yeah, I guess you could say it's his own little apartment, yeah, yeah, and uh, and still, even though we were underground, we still had like windows up high into the backyard, so we had some natural light. And um, they just remodeled it, you could tell they'd worked really hard on it, and mm. that was really sweet. And it was very traditional English, it just felt like okay, we are back in England, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> And I, um, uh, I was really excited to be back in England. Um, 
the weather was like cool and overcast and I like I was eating that up um and we almost didn't get to have this experience in Dover like it wasn't in our original plan we um had planned on going to London and actually staying three nights in London we were going to take a train down to Brighton one day and do that kind of as a day trip but spend most of our time in London until our Airbnb canceled on us right <laughs> and um so you always remember when airbnb lets you down well and i feel like i'm always like <clears throat> vaguely like huh why didn't we book that sooner and you're like we because airbnb canceled on us and we had to make a last minute booking <laughs> i do feel like it's one of the huge flaws of airbnb mm. i love most aspects of airbnb i love being in neighborhoods and being where actual like real people live yeah. I love that part of it. I love having a kitchen and cooking at home and doing that. But the Airbnb, the host can cancel on you really anytime they want. Yeah. And um, and I completely understand like the the thought behind that of like this is someone's home and they may need to use it or whatever. But there's no there's no sort of recourse or ramifications. Um, if that happens, I think that you should at the very least be able to go on Airbnb and leave a review that says this person canceled on me so that other people could see if this person is in the habit of doing this or not. Mm, That's a great point. Yeah. Um, before they book it. Yeah. And because I think for, for this particular place that we were going to stay in London, it was very apparent that no one lived there. Like this was an income property Airbnb for them. And we booked it well in advance. And I think when COVID restrictions eased and it became apparent that people could come into London for, cause there was a lot going on in London that weekend. Um, Wimbledon was happening. Uh, a big pride parade was going on. There was another big concert in town. I obviously don't know. But I think that this person probably had the property listed on another place as well at a much higher price and got it booked through that or just dropped us and then put it right back on and let somebody else book it at a much higher price. And with, you know, if a hotel were to cancel on you after you had booked well in advance and put down a deposit and things like that, they would at least help you find other accommodation. And they would at least be able to give you something back for it. And in an instance like this with Airbnb, like there's nothing that you can do and you're just out of a place. And we looked everywhere and all of London was booked. We only booked one night in London at a hotel and paid way more than we would have paid for our entire stay for that one night in, in a, like a really small hostel like hotel. And ended up having to book Dover because this guy canceled on us last minute. Yes. I just want to make sure that we make it clear so people can follow your train of thought, which is um, this is the end of our trip in Europe. We had booked a few nights in London with an Airbnb. They canceled on us. That's why we're in Dover. 
And then we also had to come back one night, which we'll get to later on. And we end up staying in London for one night at a hotel. Right. Because, and all of this was happening because the original Airbnb flaked out on us. And yeah. so, hence, we make a trip to Dover. Hence, we have one night that is super expensive in London. And, um, yeah. And... Yeah, and you think that all of that was because a guy um, knew that Wimbledon was happening and all these things were happening, and he could um, get a better rate for people to come and stay at his place. Right, like I think the the original Airbnb owner like just hosed us to make more money, basically. <laughs> um, but it, it did yes. mean that we got to go to Dover and we got to experience Dover. Yes. And so for every guy that's going to do that to you, there's a really nice guy like Simon who's going to put you up in a great place and pick you up at the, at the train station and absolutely. make everything great for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Simon was not the guy that flaked on us. We had a great experience with Simon. <laughs> right. Yes. And so, yeah, Dover was awesome. Um, yes. And that night we got in and we ordered, um, we ended up, it was pretty late and he was like, okay, if you're going to go get something to eat, you better hurry because everything's shutting down. <laughs> right. And we're like, oh yeah, because we're in England where everybody stops eating at like 8 PM. <laughs> yeah. Oh <my> God. <laughs> Which is like not my favorite about like England. I will say is that, uh, they really have short days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so I love the, the long evening. Um, we just come from having a 10 p.m. dinner in Greece, you know. Right. So I was like, "Oh, right, yeah, okay. Um, how are we going to eat a meal?" And uh, so we ended up um, ordering pizza, which mm -hmm. worked out okay, even though we had to call around before we could find a place that would feed us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pizza. But uh, we ended up getting some pizza, and uh, the next morning it felt totally like England too, because mm -hmm. it's like it's rainy and drizzly everywhere, and we're gonna go um, see Dover Castle was something we had planned, um, and the White Cliffs of Dover. And Dover Castle, you were pretty pumped about because you love castles. I do. I, I like castles a lot, especially castles with a lot of history. And Dover Castle is definitely that. Um, it's built right there at the at the t at the tip of where England is closest to France. You can actually see France from this part of England, and so it's an important part of the island because invasions would sort of come through there. So a strong fortification was needed, and a castle was there, and a lot of of really important stuff has happened at Dover Castle. King Henry II ruled uh, from Dover for a long time, so it was like the the seat of England for, for many, many years. And a lot of uh, monarchs and, and kings spent their time in Dover. It was a big part of World War II and um, sort of that, that first line of defense against German invasion. And there's tunnels there that were... They housed a lot of people that during the Blitz and things like that. Um, so it, it has seen a lot of action and it's a huge, massive castle up on top of this hill with beautiful views of the ocean and it's very well kept. You can see the old throne room is there and, and things like that. So as you tour the castle, it sort of teaches you a lot of the history. There's so much of it intact that you can see. Um, 
it's owned by the crown. So they have it set up, you know, as a museum almost. And when we got there, the particular day that we were there, there was nobody there. Nobody. It was crazy. We had it all to ourselves, it felt like. We did. Like a little like school group ended up showing up a little like after we'd been there for a while. But I remember walking up and buying our tickets. And I remember kind of every place that we went to, there would be like an attendant around somewhere. And I remember asking like, so can we just go in? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go right in. You're like, (laughs) oh, okay. I can like, we'll walk in. And before long you come across somebody else who's willing to kind of tell you about the, like the King's quarters or whatever, but we had their ear is really nice. Yeah. They even like took our photos for us and it was like, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. And we got to go down and see some of the tunnels and, and things like that and just walk around the grounds and, and that like it was it, a great experience. That was awesome. I remember really thinking the tunnels were so cool and um, it was really creepy to be down there. Just the two of us. Mm, yeah, um, it yeah. almost felt like, are, is it really okay for us to be down here? Like, <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. I remember mm-hmm. thinking, wow, people should definitely, if they come, they should definitely do the tunnels for sure. Yeah. And it, it's a huge complex with, there's like a little churchyard area and, um, so much more than like you kind of see from the road. Right. From the road, you're like, oh, we'll go inside this wall and there'll be this one tower. But there's a, a ton there to see so much. And we walked around really all morning and until we left basically to go to lunch. But we spent our entire morning in there just walking around and seeing the castle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then after the castle, we ended up going to have lunch at a pub because mm-hmm. that's what you do in England. Yep. And Jamin was really itching for some fish and chips. Yes. You had wanted fish and chips ever since we'd left England. You wanted <laughs> yeah. more fish and chips. <laughs> so it was a big deal. You'd literally been like counting down days. It was really sweet. And, um, our Airbnb host had recommended, a, um, the white horse pub which was just like a two minute walk from the place we were staying and it had really fun vibes it was um it wasn't like a super old pub i guess parts of it could have been but it felt nice and you know remodeled and everything but um i started looking around and i'm seeing all this writing on the wall and i'm like that's cool i I wonder if they'll let me sign my name you know like people come they sign their name on the wall and um so the more I start looking and looking and I'm like, I wonder where I could get a Sharpie and I keep looking. And then I realize, oh, these are like important people on the wall. This is not like <laughs> Hillary can like get out a pen and write on the wall. These are people who have swam across the English Channel, which is 18 miles. Yeah. Of open ocean. Of open ocean. Yeah. Great point. Um, and honestly, once you started reading it, you start getting a little emotional because you can see the depths of all of this. Whenever I was looking at the comments of everybody, they would swim in honor of somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody they loved or somebody they admired or um, somebody who'd done it before them. Um, they would um, note how long it took them and then what country they were from. And you would be amazed. There were swimmers from all over the world 
Australia. Um, we saw people from Colorado, California, people from Mexico, New Zealand, Switzerland. That's literally all I could remember when I was taking notes. Um, but our waiter, we stopped our waiter cause we were like, what is all of this? Like, like explain to us, we think we are understanding what's happening here, but tell us more about this. And he was like, oh yeah, yeah. These are all the people that swim across the English channel. And he talked about how nowadays when you do it, you have to rent a boat and have somebody, um, following you in a boat. Like you can't mm-hmm. just go out and do it. Um, it's too dangerous. Um, but he said his dad had actually swam across the English channel and his dad's comments were there on the wall. And it was just really cool and um, and then I decided not to ask if I could sign my name on the wall. <laughs> figured it wasn't appropriate. <laughs> it. Uh, I was amazed at how many names there were, though. A lot, because yeah. the walls were covered, a lot of the ceiling was covered, and so many people that had done it, and they swim the channel and then come to this pub because it's right off the it's right off the docks, and celebrate in the pub with their friends and there were some teams that had done it and swam as a team uh, which I thought was really cool and interesting and the waiter his dad having done it made it so real to me yes yeah like an average person that lives here does it (laughs) where I you know because you're thinking like that's amazing swimming 18 miles and it like it's still amazing that his dad did it but He's like, oh, yeah, my dad did it. His name's right over there, like pointed to where his dad's name was on the wall. And there was just such a such a cool thing. And not anything that our Airbnb hosts had mentioned about the pub. He's like, oh, it's a great pub. Good food. And and it was like food. Amazing. Like pub atmosphere. Super cool. But then like this element of it just made it like blow up Mm -hmm. in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that, uh, Dover, in addition to being like on the English channel, um, which by the way, guys, that means that you can look across the ocean and see France. Yeah. Like you can see the land, you can see France right there. (laughs) Really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and also I believe that would probably be around there is where the Eurostar train goes underwater right there and takes you to France. I'm pretty sure it would happen right there. And I think, the I think you're part. right. Like that, that tunnel would be right in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one of the other things that Dover is known for is the white cliffs, which are so beautiful. And there are other places in uh, the UK that look kind of similar to this, but why don't you tell people about the white cliffs at Dover? Cause they are just magical. It, it was really cool. After lunch, we went out to actually hike them and uh, we did it from the city. So we didn't have to take transport anywhere. You just walk from the city center and there's nice little footpaths that England is so magical to provide everywhere. And there are these, these 350 foot cliffs and they're, they're chalk. So they're bright white. And then like the, the ocean is like gray or blue, this really dark blue or gray because it's, it's around England. And then on top of them, it's just this green, green grass. And so it's these contrasts of colors and they're just beautiful Mm -hmm. and you can walk all along them. Yeah. Um, All along the top because the cliff 
really just drops. I think you looked it up. It was like 350 feet mm-hmm. drops into the ocean. So you're not walking along the bottom. You are definitely walking along the top. Yeah. Which yeah. is a cool view. It is like, it's an amazing view. Like you said, you can look over and see France and as you sort of walk along, there's little like sheep pastures and things like that, that you go through. And every once in a while you'll pass another person coming along and you see all these cliffs and they just go on forever and ever and ever. And you just walk along the top of them in a English fairy tale almost. <laughs> and um, I really wish that we had had more time mm-hmm. in Dover because we were only staying two nights. And so we arrived. This was really our only day there and we wanted to see the castle. Um, but you can actually hike to like, there's another small castle, Wilmer castle, That is along the way. And so if you have a full day, you can hike down the cliffs to these other little villages, to this other castle that has these amazing gardens and things like that and stop and have lunch in a pub or stop and have a pint and walk back. Um, Just an amazing hike. And the, the, the quote unquote hikes in England are really just nice, casual walks yeah walking among pastures it feels like usually i feel like in the u.s there's a lot of like national parks and stuff like that and hikes can be really difficult and hard and these are just nice walks along beautiful paths with just amazing scenery the the white cliffs are just so striking Mm -hmm. and such a beautiful thing that i'm so glad that we got to see them yeah i kept trying to get a picture of you like on the edge of the cliff and it was like one of those moments where it's like both of us were just kind of like I can only get so close to the edge of this cliff yeah I couldn't get really freaky (laughs) and I remember like thinking okay like I'll get closer than him because I'm more excited about heights than you are Mm -hmm. and uh and even I kind of like was like I'm gonna sit down and then look over the edge because I can't stand and look over the edge it's like making my knees buckle If you're listening to this, you like a good adventure. And if you like a good adventure, you might enjoy following the fights. It all started with Mars and Ashley's bold decision to travel full time in their converted Sprinter van. Fast forward six years or so, they've seen all 50 states and backpack countries like Thailand and Guatemala. It's been one daring decision after another, and now they're braving another big adventure, building a creative retreat in the Colorado Rockies. Find out what life is like when you take risk. Follow the fights on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. So it was around this time of day, I think as we were like making our way from the White Cliffs of Dover, or mm. perhaps once we got back to our Airbnb, we discovered that there was a little change in our uh, flight back to the U.S., yeah. which was kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, it got a little scary there for a minute because I was like, oh my gosh, this could be end up being a really expensive process of getting back home because we'd heard that some London area flights were being eliminated due to labor shortages. Right. And then, because this is uh, June 2022, Mm -hmm. um, and we'd also, we had been traveling with American Airlines points 
which is not exactly like your first class getting a lot of right. <laughs> getting a lot of attention. So um, we didn't exactly get the best travel schedule that they have. Um, although I will say they treated us pretty good. I'd heard on points you kind of get shoved around a little bit. And I didn't necessarily feel like that. I, I felt no. like I was like any other passenger. Yeah, I, I did too. Yeah, so that's good. Um, and they, I was curious, like, okay, they changed this flight on us, but now are they going to charge us because we're going to have to do all these things to adapt to their schedule? Like, and, and you're working with American Airlines, but you're also working with British Airways because they kind of are under the same name. Right. And so if you're... I, I mean, if you're in England, it's British Airways, but then if you're in America, it's American Airlines is kind of my understanding. The prices had doubled in some instances. And I was just like, if we have to book other flights, like this is going to be expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was already so much more expensive even when we had originally booked. And uh, so then for it to go up so much more was crazy, but um, we're holding our breath. But we got on the phone with American Airlines, and fortunately, they were able to book us a flight back, and it was on the same day, at least. Yes. Which was really good. We weren't having to, like, book out a week later or something like that. Um, And and fortunately, we didn't have jobs we had to get back to. Um, We had a puppy, though, and our puppy was really missing us. I think that you might have been missing her more than she was missing you. That's possible, but... Oh man, I missed her so much. Right around this time, I was starting to get like really antsy to get back. Um, <laughs> but uh, it turned out to be a heck of a travel day too. Um, but yeah. that's we we will tell you about that travel day. That's coming. <laughs> um, we made our way to London, and we were back in the world of just trains on time. No big deal. Yep. And we even got to sleep in as we were um, the day we left over. And I remember that being a really big deal because we had been trying so hard to make the most of all of our days. Yeah. And we were suddenly like, you know what? It's rainy. I think it was rainy or something. And it's mm-hmm. like, we're not going to do anything. So we're going to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I like slept in that cozy little bed, felt like a different person by the time I woke up and <laughs> and then uh, walked down to the train station. Um Hit the train to London, no problems, the way we like it. Yep. Then we had like a late lunch in a pub near our hotel in London, mm-hmm. um, in a little pub called the Lord John Russell Pub. And we both had bangers and mash. Again, not healthy, yeah. but... But good. It was good. Yeah. It was tasty. Yeah. <laughs> and we really wanted to stay in Camden. Fortunately, we were, it did end up getting a hotel in Camden. Yeah, we were able to book a hotel in Camden. It was over $300 for one night, Mm. which was insane. But because Wimbledon was in town and the Pride Parade was happening, another big concert, there was no other, like the next closest hotel was over double the price. Yeah, it was in the 600s for sure. Yeah, so we were really lucky to snag this hotel for $300, as crazy as that sounds. Um, it was, you guys though, it was very basic, very humble. It felt more like a hostel. Yeah. So I was like really like surprised. Like, yeah. oh my goodness, I can't believe they can charge this price. They did have a really down. good breakfast, but like it was a super basic room. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, we did make the most of our last night. We went to the escapologist and had a drink. Um, 
they have a, a cocktail happy hour there where drinks are like two for one basically. And so we ended up with double drinks. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. And An underground uh, bar, super vibey. Yeah. Tons it, of like... it was really cool. It's in the seven dials area. Um, which if you're in London around the seven dials area, it's kind of hard to go wrong there. I feel like everything's pretty cool. Pretty vibey. Um, we had dinner at two brewers pub and then we went to the Duke of York theater and saw, um, Amy Adams in the glass menagerie, which was really cool. Like that was a, that was a fun experience. Like the, the London theater experience is is its own thing anyway and definitely worth doing. And then getting to see somebody famous in a play was, was a lot of fun too. Yeah. And it was a, uh, a drama. It was, um, and I usually, when I'm going to shows, I usually do musicals and stuff. So this was a really mm. different vibe. Like this was uh, yeah. super unique and something I would not normally do. And I thought that was, um, really kind of you know different about it and um and amy adams being so like uh seeing her in a drama which i've seen her in other dramas you know on tv and stuff but it is different you know you're like okay like there's this famous person and i remember watching her on stage and thinking she's on stage and she's not immune to needing feedback from the audience just like right. if I was on stage and and when I'm on stage I really like if I say something funny I appreciate it if somebody laughs mm-hmm. and if I say something really somber or you know if I'm going down a different route I appreciate that people are responsive to that and are reacting to me yes. and so it was this weird moment though to think like there was somebody so famous who certainly didn't need my um, stamp of approval. And in that moment, like they do, they need the audience's yeah. approval. And I thought, wow, like what a vulnerable thing for like a famous person to do is to go do a show on stage. I was really sad to say goodbye to London. Like it was, it was such a, a nice night and I was definitely ready to be back with like our dog Maggie and stuff like that. And I was excited about what was to come, but I remember walking around that night and thinking like, I'm, I don't want, I don't want to leave Europe Mm -hmm. behind or the UK. Yeah. Like the, the, (laughs) yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to, to go back away from this. Yeah. Yeah, I love the foreignness of it all. Even in a place where you can speak the language, it's so nice to like keep discovering things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really great. Um, well, and we couldn't check into our flights yet, so we were a little concerned about that. I was a little nervous about that because things had just gone wrong enough that I was like, oh, this could could be bad. Is it really <laughs> yeah. like, are we really going to be able to get these flights? And we just changed them. And, uh, but the, you know, the next morning, sure enough, like we got up, had our free great breakfast mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, uh, and honestly, I will say it was a hot breakfast. And over the course of our travels, the number of free breakfasts we got that were hot were few and far between. Yeah. So it was like, Oh, this is really nice. And we didn't exactly let ourselves go out and buy breakfast. Right. Because it just, it was too easy to eat at home and too affordable. By the time we got to like, I, 
yeah our flight was already delayed 30 minutes before we even got to the airport <laughs> and then <laughs> then we got to Heathrow and we got there with no issues again because they're really good at the train thing yeah um we did pay it took like it was like 12 pounds total to take the subway to Paddington. But then once we got to Paddington, we got to use the URL. Mm -hmm. And the thing with that is, and the way, the reason I'm saying that that way is because if you go back to the first episode where we um, arrived in London, we had URL passes and we knew we could use them to get from the airport to the Paddington subway station. But we couldn't make them work. And finally, even with the help of other people um, in the airport, it was just like, okay, we're going to pay. And I think we paid like 50 bucks each Yeah. to to make that trip. So we saved, in this instance, we saved 100 bucks right. getting to the airport because we had learned how to use our URL pass the right way. Yeah. So definitely, if you're going to do this, get your URL pass uh, try, I mean, we tried the best we could, but try to figure it out in advance. Yeah. And activate it. Activate before. it as soon as you hit the ground. You don't want to activate it a day or two early. Right. Because then you use up all your days that you've bought and purchased. But, and that was the problem is that we couldn't use it and test it out because <laughs> right. we couldn't activate it until that day. And um, so I didn't want to activate it in the U.S. the night before. Right. And then we arrived in the UK. And so it's a little tricky, but figured it out. If you have questions, you should definitely email us at travelfomopodcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com because we absolutely would like talk to you on the phone or something and like tell you everything we remember about how to use that <laughs> URL pass because it, it honestly, a phone call like that could save you a hundred bucks, 200 bucks. You never know all the ways you could accidentally overspend yeah. unnecessarily. And it's a, it's great. Like when you learn mm-hmm. how to use it, it's phenomenal. Yeah. When we finally made it to the airport, like we realized, oh, we've got plenty of time because our flight's been delayed. And then it just kept getting pushed back. <laughs> getting delayed. Which was the problem because um, for a while there, we were like, okay, it keeps getting delayed, but we can probably still make our connecting flights. Right. And then by the time it was all said and done, we were delayed three hours and we were going to miss every single connecting flight that we had, (laughs) which we had a lot because we were using points to travel, Mm -hmm. which meant it ended up meaning that, uh, you know, we didn't have endless points. So we ended up having to break the, the trip up and we had connecting flights in Houston and DFW and that led to us spending the night in the Houston airport. Yeah. Um, and then there were all kinds of things that we didn't even know was coming. Like we were about to get stranded in, at a storage unit in Oklahoma and sitting in on the concrete in 95 degree temperatures. Like it was going to get, it was about to get really good and we didn't even know it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're going to want to make sure that, uh, that you catch our first, uh, episode of our America season because there's all kinds of turmoil storms all like all kinds of like all kinds of adversity oh my gosh our first night in the airstream sneak peek first night in the airstream we're um in amarillo texas making our way to the grand tetons with some friends and 
a storm comes through, a tornado was nearby, there are tornado warnings, and I'm hunkered down in the bathroom, and it's our first night in this airstream, and I'm like, this airstream's gonna blow away or get hit by hail, and it's gonna be our first night, we're not even gonna survive one night in this thing, (laughs) and I'm crying, and Maggie is like, like, I literally started crying, it was too much, there's so many things had gone wrong by that point, it was... Oh, and yes. oh my gosh. And our pipes had burst everywhere. Oh, yeah. oh you guys, it's, that first episode, you're gonna. Yeah. It's, that's a lot. <laughs> there, will, there will be therapy needed um, come the first episode of the U.S. But before we take you there. <laughs> but before that, we have some more fun stuff. Yeah, we, uh, we're going to release uh, a small series about sort of our best of this leg of gap year. So if you've caught these three seasons of the UK, uh, Central Europe and Mediterranean Europe, um, we're going to go back through, talk about our favorite things, our top five meals, the stuff we'd recommend, the stuff we would not recommend. Yeah. The best and worst. We're going to dice it all up and give it to you on a platter so that you can digest it. Uh, so you want to make sure that you are subscribed so that you catch all of that as it comes to you. Yeah, it's going to be really practical information and mm-hmm. really resourceful um, logistical stuff about transportation and accommodations, um, things that are going to um, make you stop and think um, and be and su- be super helpful. You know, yes. some of this stuff has been entertaining. These are going to be some episodes that are going to be super helpful in a little mini series. And we're also going to talk about can travel change you Mm, and what our perspective is in that from after having been over there for 90 days like are we different people coming back than we were when we left yeah okay guys meanwhile you can check us out on social media we are on tiktok instagram facebook and youtube which you can go see the white cliffs of dover if you want to check out our youtube video pretty fantastic and uh dover castle so yeah a lot of cool stuff on there yeah and you will for sure uh want to connect with us and uh one new way to do that is by our email address it's travelfomopodcast at gmail.com and what we would ask for you to do is share your travel experiences with us whether it be tips and tricks uh great things that you did Um, on your last trip to England or wherever you might have gone, or maybe just something that that you're super excited about. We want to share it here with everyone in the Travel FOMO family. So you can type up that email, send us your story, and we will share it here. We'll read it for you. Or if you like to tell your story yourself, you can just record a voice memo and attach that to the email, and we'll plug it in right here and play it for everyone to listen to your advice and uh, what happened to you along your journey. Okay, guys, if we have learned anything, it is that life is so short. Wonder well. Thank you.